We're at episode 94 of Cherokee Rewind. We thank you so much for tuning in. And, of course, uh, always a pleasure when I can talk to some of the guys that are currently in the Cherokee fold. And in this instance, well, we've got a guy that's currently there. One of the associate coaches of the Toledo Cherokee goes by the name of Nick Sines. And, uh, Nick, uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. I really do appreciate it. And second, wow. Orale, man. Another Latino talking here about some hockey, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Nick. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Nick. It's, uh, it's an honor for sure. Oh, no worries. I appreciate it, like I say. Um, but it's just one of those kind of quirky things that, um, you know, you, you, see, you get a couple of guys like us, and you don't uh, – you know, this is something that you wouldn't have had like maybe, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but now it's become more commonplace. Uh, so I think that's actually pretty cool. Um, and for for folks that don't, oh. for folks that don't know uh, you or stuff, especially like some of the older alumni and stuff that they, you know, they're, they're following the team, they see who's coaching, you know, so they know that there's you, there's Kenny, there's Todd. And it's like they'll recognize, you know, a couple of the names here and there. And the, the more younger guys definitely know who you are because you are a, I guess, the, 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 the technical term that I always come up with when I talk about you is that you are the recruitment beast because you, you have, your phone is nonstop going when it comes to trying to help kids not only play here in Toledo, but if they're trying to uh, move on to somewhere else, why don't you talk a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, so I uh, I am the assistant coach for head coach Kenny Miller. Um, I run or help run the forwards. Um, I help also run um, kind of power plays and and run some practices on a day to day operations and. Um, but most importantly, um, I'm on the ground, um, yes, recruiting the team. So I, uh, I do my best to try to get players to come play in Toledo, um, which is um, sometimes easy because of what we do for the players, but also sometimes hard um, with just how the junior hockey landscape is nowadays um, with so many teams and the cost to play and things of that sort. So. Um, I do all the recruiting, and yeah, I also help um, you know players try to get, get to wherever they want to go, whether it's a realistic option for them or an unrealistic option. I uh, I definitely try to um, you know get them to a tier two um, option if that's the route they want to go, or most importantly um, to the college level. So we've done a pretty good job since I've came on board, and not to say that they didn't do a good job before that, but we've kind of taking things to the next level of player movement, player advancement, and also um, the recruiting side of it, of, of getting players to Toledo. So I think in the past um, two seasons, uh, this will be my third, we've had um, two players get a shot at the NCDC level. And I think we've moved on probably 10, 12, 14 kids to the college level. Um, which most importantly, we've had some kids um, 
get to the NCAA level, which uh, we we struggled with um, before I came about aboard, and uh, we've had a lot of success in the past couple of years. So, look to continue that uh, continue this train rolling. Yeah, no question about it. Now, you know, let's talk a little bit here about how you got into hockey, because, like I said, this isn't a. a uh, uh, I mean, are you a local guy? Are you originally from this area? Yes. So I, uh, it's kind of a funny story. I, uh, I grew up, uh, I lived, born in Toledo, lived here my whole life, um, made a move to Savannah when I was in high school. But I uh, grew up in Toledo, and I was just watching uh, hockey on TV and really just fell in love with it. I think I was three, four years old. And um, I told my mom that I wanted to play hockey. Um, my mom and dad, my dad is, a, um, you know, a Hispanic male that came from Laredo, Texas. And there's not much hockey that was played um, down in that area. So he was unfamiliar with it. And uh, my mom was too. But I just went to open skate and I just started skating. And I quickly found out that, um, you know, I was a pretty good skater. Uh, most importantly, I was a pretty good backward skater. So um, I, I forget what the program was called back in the day, but I know when I was turning five, I went to, I think it was IP program that they had back in the day, which is now called Learn to Play. And I remember I was in the IP program and did that for maybe a session or two. And um, there's a late great coach uh, that's in the area that coached youth hockey players in this area for a long, long time. Um, he now owns the Ice House Bar, John Cole. Um, he recruited me. So I know he um, came up to my mom, um, whether it be IP or I think maybe I was in my first year of house. Um, but he came up to my mom and said, hey, I'm putting a travel team together. I want your son to play for my travel team. So, um, yeah, when I was six or seven, my first was my first year of travel hockey. And I grew up playing with, uh, you know, the, the Andrew Cobes and the Brent Baines and Cody Borland and um, that group of guys that uh, um, we kind of all grew up together. So that was my first year of travel hockey. It's kind of funny because we were all about six, maybe seven years old. And I'll never forget, we, uh, we played that, that end of the last year, we ended up playing in a tournament in Bowling Green. It was an 8U tournament. And it was one of my fondest memories of, of youth hockey because we went out there and we played. Uh, we ended up winning three games and made it to the finals and played BG Ice Cats or whatever they were called back in the day. Um, but we ended up playing their 8U team. And here comes, you know, a bunch of six and seven year olds. And um, we ended up beating them. I don't know what the score was seven, eight, maybe to one or something. And you know, the train was just rolling after that, that us group of guys, you know, we played travel hockey for a couple of years after that together. And, um, we had a crap load of success and it was a lot of fun. So yes, moral to the question, Mick is, yeah, I grew up playing in this area, um, in, in from this area. Wow. That's awesome. See, cause like me, I can appreciate that a little more than most. Cause like you, you know, I come from a Hispanic background, my dad and, uh, Mom were both Mexican. She was from Michigan, had no clue about hockey, zero interest in sports. My dad uh, was from Texas, 
he was from a little town little town called rosebud i mean we're talking like uh this town was okay this town was so small that you didn't even need both l's in the word um you know it's uh <laughs> I, mean, it, 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 I mean, if you plugged in your electric razor, the trolley stopped. Uh, it was small, and uh, <laughs> it was probably, I guess, the nearest city it could you could to kind of give you a. I think it was about maybe forty-five miles, maybe from Waco, so you know, home of the Baylor Bears. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So Central Texas, essentially, but. Uh, it, it like okay. I said, I mean the the town listed officially, I think something like seventeen hundred of as its population, but I'm not kidding, Nick. It if there was more than three hundred people in that place, that was that was a big deal. Never seen. Let's put it this way: as a kid growing up, we would go down there. And my dad moved up here because he was in the service and uh, met my mom. They got married. They relocated. Uh, my uncle or his uncle had a house in Toledo. So he relocated here. Well, long story short, we would go vacation or every vacation we'd go down to Texas. So uh, to go see his, uh, my grandparents, his parents. And this town was so small, that I'm not, I, I can't make this up. This is a genuine true story. The, um, the, the local, the only, they had a Dairy Queen and uh, a gas station that had a, a little restaurant built inside of it. And it was the, at, the, at the Dairy Queen, they would put the uh, hand things up there that would say what the specials were so that when you drove by, you could see them. And someone had the genius idea to put the up there. This, this one time, they, I, they had it up there, and they would have, like, you know, the belt buster special and this, the other thing. Well... They had a thing up there that said tacos, forty cents each, <laughs> forty cents each, or special three for a dollar twenty. And I'm like thinking, okay, somebody either this is a really bad joke, but now mind you, this was in the in the seventies, so this wasn't yeah. this wasn't a joke. Someone actually put to put this <laughs> up there, so I'm like going, oh my god. They, I mean, they had, uh, it was, I mean, cause back in, in the, down there, it was just a t totally different world, small town, Texas. They had, I'm not kidding. You could go down there. Oh yeah. They didn't, they, you didn't order a pop or a soda. You ordered in some, the, probably the closest you get was soda water. And then the other one was Coke. Hi, I'd like a Coke. Yeah, sure. What kind of Coke y'all want? um what kind of coke do you have thinking okay coke or diet coke <laughs> no mr pib right mr pib big red <laughs> you know it's like oh my god right right you know so that it's that's yeah small town life there for you so subsequently so safe to say oh yeah my folks had no clue about hockey at all and my my, right. my dad he was big into boxing and baseball he played baseball matter of fact uh, for for many years. Well, anyway, he came up north. He was became a he was a factory guy, a factory worker, and uh, so when I got exposed to hockey, I was a little kid. But the only reason I it was because like you, I found it on television. I I lived I grew up in the uh, North End, the, the tough part of town, and uh, 
Yeah. And uh, we had a, an antenna to our TV, one of those outside antennas that were that went all the way up above the roof. Well, we could only get about we could get the we could get three Toledo stations. We got uh, channel 50 out of Detroit, which carried the Red Wings in the and sometimes uh, they would carry like maybe I don't know 10, 12 games a year at the most. And they had uh, we got channel four, which carried the Tigers. Well, I was flipping through channels and came across Channel 9 out of Windsor and got introduced to a whole new world between Oh yeah, yeah. between Expos baseball, uh the Canadian Football League, which I watch to this day, uh and Hockey Night in Canada, which I watch to this day. It's it was just a whole new world to me. And I didn't understand it, but I watched it. And the first thing I watched was as a second grader, I watched uh, the summit series between Canada, Team Canada, and the USSR. That's you talk about an introduction to hockey. That was it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so now what? Definitely. Was, what was uh, you know growing up? What games and teams, or I should say, teams and players, did you watch? that you were interested in? I mean, that got, that really hooked you. Um, so I was always an oddball. Um, and I liked the Anaheim Ducks growing up and, and currently still, um, unfortunately right now, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I've always, I've always liked their team. I don't, you know, I have no idea why, but, um, you know, but I've always gravitated towards, um, certain players as well. Um, and guys that kind of I thought that I played like or maybe tried to play like. Um, but Rob Blake was definitely one of them as a defenseman um, that I kind of always idolized. Um, Chris Pronger was another guy that I've always idolized playing. So um, I was a defenseman by trade, and those are a few guys that I tried to, you know, again, um, play like them or at least try to play like them. Um, but, but I was always a Ducks fan and, um, and I still currently am. So how much did the movie play a part in it? Did the movies play a part in that? Every, see, everybody asked me that and I I don't know. I guess I don't really remember. Um, cause I've been a fan since day one. So, which was 1993 and I would have been, um, four or five at that time. So I, you know, the movies that came out, I don't even remember when they came out. Um, I'm assuming right around that time. Um, so I don't know if they did or not, I guess. Um, and I get that question a lot. You just like them because of the movies. Well, I don't know if I necessarily do or not. So, um, you know, I, I just, I, I liked them. And I remember, you know, sneaking in my bedroom and staying up late on ESPN two or, um, CBC and trying to watch them late at night because they're, they're on the West coast. So, um, they, they, they've been my team since day one, so. That's, that's, that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I mean, and, hey, they got a Stanley Cup under their belt, so it's not like you're just a, a, a bandwagon yeah. jumper. You know, you were there from the start, so. All right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, okay, so now, you know, growing up playing, did you play high school or did you stick to travel in your high school years? So I, I did, I ended up playing, um, so I grew up playing travel, um, in the area, 
Um, I know in the springtime, I'd venture off to Detroit a little bit, but ultimately for fall, I would always play in the area. So, um, you know, we had, we had some really good teams growing up. I, I mean, I, I, there was, um, you know, not too many memories of, of me losing games. I mean, not to brag or say anything like that. We just had a really good um, birth years in this area, whether it be the 1990s, the 1989s, or the 1988s that I've kind of played with. And we, we always had really high-end teams. Um, so I ended up playing U16 for Chris Tarsha, which uh, was a, a, a former assistant. Cherokee assistant mm-hmm. um, so I ended up playing with him when I was 15 and 16 and then uh, I ended up playing my junior year for Northview High School so we had uh, a travel team that um, turned into a pre-post team um, when I was 17 we, we had a travel team and guys were just at an age where we were making some life decisions and we ended up uh, turning the team to a pre-post team. So I ended up uh, going to Northview High School and, and played there one year, which is my, well, ultimately two years. But um, my junior year was when we had a lot of success. We had the Alden Hirschfelds and the Eric Lavoys and Timmy Hurst and um, Adam Thanasu. And then you added in us, us travel guys that ended up, coming from our travel team to now going and playing high school, which was Matt Cook, which was a former Cherokee, Cody Borland, which is a former Cherokee, Brent Bain, which is a former Cherokee, um, Brandon Sneed, and then myself. Um, we all went over to Northview and, and played for their high school team. So we we were cream of the crop that year. We, uh, you know, we were arguably, you know, one of the best teams to uh, ever come out of this area. Um, we were very deep, which is kind of rare in the high school world. Um, you know, I, I remember we had three really good hockey lines and we probably had four or five D that were um, really good defensemen. So, um, you know, we had a lot of success that year. Uh, we ended up falling short at the end, but um, we did some, you know, pretty remarkable things in the state of Ohio. We only lost one game in the state of Ohio, which was uh, the state final game. Um, we ended up going to Vancouver that year. Really? Um, sometime around Christmas. And we ended up playing, yeah, which was rare. So it, what Northview does, and I'm sure some other high schools do it too, is they always pick like one out-of-town tournament that they go to. And um, when we had all come together in, in early November when the high school season starts, I remember Coach Cooper was um, trying to find, like, a legit high-end tournament for us to play in. And he ended up finding this AAA tournament in Vancouver that was a week long, and it was, like, this special event. And uh, so we ended up going there and, um, you know, playing against the Toronto Red Wings, and we ended up playing against um, the the Vaughn Kings, and we ended up playing against – um, I forget the Vancouver really big AAA organization out there, but we ended up playing all the major AAA organizations um, in Canada. And we ended up going, I believe, 3-3-1 three, three, and one on the week. Um, we played seven games, and we had a really good showing. I remember the Toronto Red Wings were a top-five team, um, AAA team in, in Canada, and we ended up tying them 4-4. Four to four. And 
it was a, it was a fantastic hockey game, one of the best hockey games that I was ever a part of. Um, but it just goes to show like how good of a high school team we really were. We we could play really against anybody. Um, you know, we we had skill and physicality and speed, and um, we had good goaltending with Bob McElhaney and that. Um, you know, we we had a really good high school team. So, you know, and the thing too is is that the, for those that don't know. The Toronto Red Wings, I know that sounds weird when you think of Toronto, you think of the Maple Leafs, but at the AAA level, the um, the Toronto Red Wings are very, they're nationally well-known uh, as far as that level of hockey is concerned because a lot, they've graduated a lot of NHL players that have gone on to play, you know? Oh, yeah. Just a ton. Yeah, and we, we ended up, that was, yeah, that was a great game. Like, we... I remember the first period we were kind of under siege. Like they were clearly had some high end skill on that team. And we were, you know, we were just not accustomed to maybe playing, you know, a team like that. And we, I remember we, the first period we were blocking shots and kind of the puck was in our end for most period. And then um, I remember Eric Lavoie had picked the puck up somewhere in the neutral zone and took it in and um, just threw something on net and it went in and, we end up we're up one nothing like at the end of the first and so we all just came together and we're like holy crap like we can play with these guys like they're, they're they tie their skates just like we do so we end up actually dominating them in this not I shouldn't say dominate but we ended up outplaying them in the second period and I think it was going into the third maybe a three one game and they ended up uh, scoring a couple at the end and um, we end up tying four four it was in round robin play so there's no uh, no tiebreaker, but I remember their coach, who was Chris Chelios's brother, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, forget his first name, but he was highly upset um, after the game, kind of throwing things. He kind of knew that they had just tied a high school team. Like it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good showing on that part. But we just had a really good team. It was a, it was a load of fun. Um, it was a blast what we what we had going on that year and it kind of went by so quick it was just a blink of an eye um, but that was one of the funnest years that I had playing hockey was playing for coach Coop and playing at Northview so hey, no question about it so so where does the uh, the Nick signs experience travel to next as far as What's what's the next plan so for me? What? No, I'm talking about where you went after high school. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, so yeah. So then uh, I ended up uh, getting recruited by, by Chris Tarsha um, after my junior season, and he was uh, trying to get me to come play for the Cherokee, which, which I wanted to. And um, I was definitely on the bubble of making that team. And I remember I, uh, there was – Back in the day, the Cherokee, and I always, I always tell Kenny and Todd this, is we used to play in a preseason tournament, or the Cherokee used to play in a preseason tournament, or maybe a preseason couple games. Um, so I remember that my senior year, um, I ended up uh, playing a few games with the Cherokee, and um, me, Tarsha, and my family sat down, and he said, I think you're a year short of, uh, of playing with us, and I think you, you're best suited to – go play another year of high school in, in U18 pre-post. Um, and that's ultimately what I did. I ended up going back and playing uh, a pre-post 
Um, and John Cobb coached that team. We ended up going to nationals that year and um, we, we had some success. Um, but I ended up playing my senior year at Northview and um, it was a little bit of a difficult year. I remember I, it was a, the early bird kind of tournament, um, maybe a Thanksgiving tournament that we had at Camo and we ended up playing, uh, I think it was Upper Arlington. And I had just gotten hit. It was just kind of like a, it, it was nothing like serious, but I got run off in the boards and my shoulder ended up coming out. And um, I, I remember I was out for, for a good chunk of time, um, you know, after that. And it never really healed right that rest of the year. And, um, you know, it was, it was a difficult year, my senior year. And, um, you know, we, we ended up getting bounced in the first round of uh, – uh, or the second round of, of high school playoffs in the area. We ended up losing to uh, Finley High School one nothing, And um, um, it, was, it, was a, it was definitely a difficult year my senior year. So um, after that, I went and, again, skated with the, with the Cherokee and uh, was, was on board to play with them and – um, everything was hunky dory and, um, my, my mindset just wasn't in it. And Mick, as you know, back in the day, um, playing at that level, um, it, it was, it was difficult. Like it was high, high end hockey and not to say that it's not high end hockey now, but it was just a little bit different. You know, there, there was less teams than what there is now. Um, you know, I know in our league in the USPHL now there's, there's like 70 teams, back in the central states days, you know, there was maybe 10 to 12, um, you know, so if, if you weren't physically or mentally ready to play at that level, um, you weren't going to cut it. So I remember being, uh, um, playing that preseason with the Cherokee and, um, coach Ian Duncan had, had gotten into my behind, uh, after one of the games and, um, you know, he rightfully so it, it just, I wasn't ready to play at that level mentally. Um, so I ended up going to uh, Owens Community College and uh, started going to school after that and um, started working and got in the business world at, at a very young age and started making some pretty good money and, um, you know, did that for a little bit of time. So, um, you know, it, it eventually all worked itself you know out. What the thing is, too, and the thing a lot of people don't realize is you just said something there that's pretty pretty profound and 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 that is when you realize that when you yourself realize that okay this isn't you know i'm i'm not meeting a standard that i set for myself or that i'm not meeting where i need i'm not where i need to be when it comes to playing this game at that level at such a high level and the thing that people sometimes forget is you know you also mentioned the fact that the usphl is 70 teams strong at tier three and that's great that means the game is growing that means that more kids are wanting to play hockey that is fantastic the problem is the problem is is that the kid the kids aren't there yet as far as having enough kids uh with the skill set to play in other words it's kind of i don't want to say watered down but it it's 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 the game it's kind of thinned out the talent where back in the day back when you played and before especially before whether it was the cshl uh you know etc there's other there were other junior b loops 
Um, the fact was, is that there were a lot of junior A players playing junior B hockey because there weren't enough teams. There weren't that many teams. So the trickle down effect. So, you know, I, I talk about, uh, I've talked about in previous podcasts with players that played back in the 90s that th there was like only in the North American League, tier two, you know, now there's a half a million teams where back then there was only eight. Okay, I think now there's like right. 30 now, 31. Well, there's there was only eight back then, and that was at tier two. So right. the trickle-down effect was that you had junior A players playing junior B. And now, right. now with 70 teams at the tier three level, you know, never mind the tier two level with the North American League, but at the tier three, three level, you know, uh, there's also the Western League now, Western States League, that is, uh, I think, tier two AAU. Uh, but there's still, at the tier three level, you've got a, a teams coast to coast all over the place. And like I said, that's good to help grow the game. Right. But it, it, it's a process. You know, these kids, these, you know, you, to get to where you want to get, you've got to, uh, it's going to take a while, but it's getting there. And that's the good thing. It's getting there. And you've good solid teams you've got good solid players it's just that uh i don't know if you've got 70 tier three teams worth but you're getting there i know one of them is in the glass city so i'm not i'm i'm, I'm happy with that but uh let me ask so <laughs> yeah so let me ask you when did you start getting or kicking around the idea that you wanted to coach so it was a, it's a it was a funny thing because i i wanted kind of my oldest boy started playing hockey um and, and i wanted to um i wasn't going to coach I, I just didn't want to i just wanted to him to play i'll be that dad that sits in the stands and you know being in in, in the hotel and, and drinking cocktails and beers and um i wasn't going to do it and i was really really you know i'm not to say to my own horn but i was really gung-ho on just focusing on you know, working in my business and, and doing stuff like that in the business world. So um, it wasn't until he played his first year of travel and I just seen the, and the coaching staff that was there. Um, it was, you know, it, it was kind of excuse my language. It was, it was a crap. It was a shit show. Um, so it, I remember it was about the end of November and we had just got back from, um, a tournament and we were in the, you know, all the families in the hotels and there was a big mix up between a few of the parents. And I had made a phone call to Mike Mankowski. And I said, Mike, Hey, I think that the coaching staff needs some help. I'd love to help them. Um, let me come on board the rest of the year. And he was all for 100%. I don't know why you didn't call me before and blah, blah, blah. So um, I ended up coming on to his uh, he was a mini might at the time and helped coach his team and kind of oversee some stuff and gave some ideas and, um, you know, the, the rest of that year. And then that second year is when I jumped on board to being full-time coach. And I, I knew right then and there that I was gung-ho. Like I always grew up, was one of the smarter kids on the ice. And a, a lot of, maybe a lot of guys that played with me are listening. They're playing like, that's, that's not true, but I know I took a lot of dumb penalties back in the day, but vision and seeing the ice and understanding the details of the game um i, I was always like 
I was always high, high end. Um, so I always understood the game and understood how to kind of relate to certain players and kind of teach them, you know, to getting to certain, you know, doing things the right way. Um, because, hey, I, there were a lot of times that I didn't do things the right way. So you learn from that. Um, so right then and there is when I, I got my feet wet into coaching and started coaching the youth, you know, programs in Savannah, um, was helping out in Savannah, whether it be, you know, just running clinics or I know I remember I was then running the learn to play program there for a little bit of time um, and just got my feet wet there. So, you know, um, that's kind of how it all know, started. The thing is, too, is that I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I, what I've always noticed is that the uh, the players that uh, they weren't the, the the top star on the team are usually the ones that end up, you talk about, you know, you made your fair share of mistakes out there, uh, took penalties, et cetera, but you learned from it. Those are usually the guys that make the best coaches. You know, I mean, I, I've seen the occasional, like, absolute superstar at a, at a certain level go on to become a good coach. Uh, for some reason, I think of Kelly Kester. Um that's uh, but that's more to me the exception than the rule. Now, that's, that's not putting you know throwing shade at any of the other guys that played in our coaching. I'm just saying in terms of in general terms, guys that had to sit on the bench or not necessarily always dress, you know, starting line didn't make the starting lineup or didn't even make the dress list. Some of those guys because they got to see the game from different different parts from different seats, let's put it that way, different seats. They got to see things that maybe you don't always see necessarily while you're playing. And I think that that helps them in terms of developing them when they decide, hey, I want to coach. Because they remember those those times when it wasn't it wasn't so easy, when they were sitting in the penalty box, when they were sitting in the stand, you know, they, they remember those times. And I think they incorporate some of that into their, the way they coach and the way they treat players, especially when you're, when they're younger. And I mean, like I said, yeah, I would agree. I, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Mick. I think, I think big thing with me is, um, you know, I, I grew up playing for a lot of, you know, some, a lot of different coaches in the area and all of them, you know, big thing with me is I'm, I'm self-aware. Um, so I'm self-aware of what I do right, what I do wrong. Sometimes I, you know, continue to do the wrong things, but that's life. You know, and I think I was, ve- I'm very self-aware of the coaches that I grew up playing with and learning um, from those coaches. And, you know, I, I think every coach does certain things right and every coach does certain things wrong. And I think I've been very, very fortunate and aware of what that those coaches did right and did wrong for me. And I try to take everything that they did right and maybe not so much change what they did wrong, but at least tiptoe that line of, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. And again, I've played for some really, really good coaches in the area, um, whether it be John Cole, um, which who I love um, tremendously. He was a, you know, He's basically who brought me into to hockey. Um, Phil Gross, who is uh, 
I'm not sure if you know that name, but he, he coached me for a few years and he was a defenseman that played for the university of Michigan and, um, you know, played at a high, high level and knew how to relate to a young kid. Um, and, and I just, I adored him as well. Um, and then, you know, certain coaches that, um, you know, Chris Tarsha, um, Chris Tarsha was a, a, a very good coach. There were certain things that Chris Tarsha didn't do so well, um, but Chris Tarsha was a very, very good coach. I, I learned a lot from him, and th- there's numerous ones, you know, that were in that mold of me playing youth travel hockey that I might be forgetting. But most importantly, you, you know, um, Jim Cooper was, you know, he was just a crazy. The words can't describe. Like it's hard for me to get the words out because there's just so many things that 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 guy did right for me personally and I know for numerous people in this area for a course of over 30 years and um, he was just a really really good hockey coach but more importantly a really really good life coach Um, so I think what I try to do nowadays is take that into my coaching you know I try to relate to the players a little bit more um, try to dig dig into their to their life, and and it's just not all about on the ice. And it's most importantly what what's going on off the ice. Because you know, again, getting back to how my kind of career ended, it, it was more off the ice than it was on the ice. You know, I, I was a I was a really good hockey player. You know, and I grew up playing with some really good hockey players, and I knew I could play at that level. It was you know when you get in high school and you're doing the things of, you know, chasing women and trying to be the life of the party and stuff like that. Um, your mindset's not there to play at that level anymore. Um, you know, so I, I try my best to be self-aware and take everything that I learned from those coaches and try to, um, you know, give it back to the game, give it back to the players. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's where I kind of sit with my coaching career. Um, is is learning and from from those coaches and, and giving that you know ideas that I've learned back to oh, the kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, now, question: Did you ever try to I don't know pattern yourself your coaching after any NHL coaches or minor league pro? Yeah, so you know you always read up on you know um, you know what coaches do and and what they don't do and. Um, it's hard to relate because you're not there. You know, I, I, I never played at that NHL level, but, you know, you try to read stories and you read, uh, you know, again, what, what coaches do and what they're good at. And, yeah, 100%, I try to take some X's and O's and um, try to um, use their ideas to mold into our coaching. You know, the big one right now is 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 Cooper, you know, John Cooper with, with Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a tremendous coach and he's from you know our mold you know he coached at the metro jets um for a season or two and um he he worked up the ranks of coaching and um he's definitely somebody right now that i kind of idolize and um you know not to say that i'll ever be that and i'm not you know maybe not even trying to be that but he's definitely somebody where hey you know i coached at that level and, and this is where i'm at now and this is what you can do with the, you know, time and effort that you put in. And obviously there's a lot of luck that goes involved with that, but 
Um, so yeah, answer your question is I try my best to do my homework and, um, you know, you know, use what ideas and, um, things that they use at that level. Okay. So now when you, okay, so you're, you're coaching, uh, along here and coaching, you know, at the youth level, when did you start to move up and we'll get to, we'll get to Kenny and Todd in a minute, but when did you start to move up and what was <laughs> it like moving up? Yeah. So I, uh, I started, uh, you know, my boy was just getting older and he's now 12. Uh, so I started getting, you know, creeping up coaching squirts and, um, I, uh, you know, started helping out along, um, at Savannah Ian at the ice house and a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was running clinics and, you know, you know, just having ice time, you know, for older kids, you know, on my dime, uh, that I was running. So I, uh, I, I, I started getting the itch of maybe I don't see myself coaching the youth. I want to, I want to coach older kids. Um, and, and how do I get into that? What do I need to do to get into that? So, um, you know, I, I'm a family guy and I got a family here in town and it wasn't like I just can just pick up myself and go move. Um, you know, there would have to be an opportunity that, uh, came about. So, um, I actually remember seeing some, the, the, the job posted online. Um, Kenny had posted it online, maybe in February, um, of the year I came on board and they were just looking for somebody to recruit. Um, then I kind of just let it be. I didn't, I didn't pursue it or anything like that. Um, continue coaching my son the rest of that year. Um, I think that year ended like end of March and, um, you know, that was the end of that. So I remember seeing the job again posted like the end of April, uh, maybe early May. And I said, um, I'm just going to send Kenny an email and, and, and see what, ha see what happens. Um, so I ended up sending him an email and say, Hey Kenny, um, you know, Nick signs, local kid, grew up playing at the ice house, blah, blah, blah. Um, what's this all about? And, um, I might be interested. And Kenny had called me right away and said, Hey, can you meet on Tuesday? And I said, yeah, yeah. So 100%. So, um, so that's kind of how, um, I've always wanted to coach older kids when I, when, you know, when my, my son started getting older and I thought I would gravitate towards them more a little bit. Um, now I coach everybody. So I coach from learn to play kids all the way up to college kids. But so that's kind of how it started of, you know, I, I, uh, you know, getting the itch to coach older kids. So I went over and, and met with Kenny and Todd and I'll kind of never forget it. It's kind of, it's funny how life kind of you know snowballs and uh you know life takes you into different paths and i'll never forget it i uh i was working a sales job for a construction company and i'm i'm dressed you know nice shoes and nice slacks and i'm dressed to the nines as they call it and uh he so i left work to go meet those guys on a tuesday and here i am walking into the ice house you know i there was nobody there all the lights were off and I'm going back into this, you know, it's the Cherokee locker room that I hadn't been in and, you know, I don't know how many years. And it was just kind of funny how it, it, it all kind of snowballed. So I had met with Kenny and Todd and they were, 
you know, looking for somebody to recruit. And it, it, it's funny because I can see the, the look on both their faces. And this is not a knock on them. They just look like they were tired. Like they were, you know, they've both been doing it for so long. They, um, you know, not to say that they didn't have success, but they just came off a losing season. I think they won 13 games the year before. Um, they just looked like they were tired, like they needed somebody to do the grunt work, the dirty work for them. And and I told them, I said, listen, this is this is this is what I'm looking for um, to get my feet wet with with older kids. And I think this is uh, this is something that I want to do. And um, I remember Kenny was one of the sayings he said is I'm not going locker room diving anymore to try to recruit kids. So um, he was like, I'm just, I'm done. I've been doing that for so long. Todd's obviously been doing it for, I think God only knows how many years, but, um, so I, I had walked out of that meeting. We had came to an agreement. I think they had no idea what, what was going to transpire. Um, most importantly, I don't think I knew what was going to transpire. Um, and it's just kind of snowballed into what it is today. So, so, um, so now, I mean, obviously it's it's a uh, it's a nice trio. I mean, there's a good chemistry there between the three of them. Uh, what is the? I mean, I, I I'm I'm still trying to picture in my head how you fit in between those two crazy guys because uh, I've known them both for <laughs> many years. Uh, I mean, I knew Kenny even back to the uh before he went to alpina you know um and uh you know of course i've known todd pretty much my entire adult life uh not only through cherokee hockey but we played volleyball in volleyball leagues together and softball leagues together and uh we both he and his wife christy we would play co-ed and uh we would have an absolute blast playing softball i have to tell you off the air sometimes about our trips to the village inn after we'd play softball we'd play softball (laughs) at like 10 in the morning and we would get done playing the game and just in time for the village inn to open and we'd go over there and we would close (laughs) the place let's just put it that way Uh, you know i believe it it's just uh, i believe it's how we work and uh let's put it this way you know it's bad when you go there and it's not softball time and you walk into that place and the waitresses recognize you. And before you're even sitting down, they've got, they've literally got pitchers of beer waiting for you <laughs> because they're so used to you from softball. I mean, cause we did, we would spend hours and hours yeah. and just having a ball. I mean, that's just, we were all really close friends and, uh, you know, so we just would do that and we would go for whatever reason, if we ever stopped there again and it wasn't softball season, they would still remember us. And it was like, oh, here you go. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, so people are going to, you know, yeah, it, it does. It happens. But uh, anyway, you know, now, how do you um, <clears throat> as far as uh, what is probably the biggest or not the biggest, but just the most uh interesting thing you have to do as far as uh working with those two i mean everyone's got their own way of doing things okay they've got their own style or they've got their own idiosyncrasies. right 
or quirks or whatever you want to call it. Um, how do you fit in that respect? I mean, do they do things that, or you sit, uh, do they do anything like, are they superstitious about something and you sit there and you go, okay, I'll just deal with it. Do you ever have things like that at all happen? So, so, so trust me when I say this, we're all three have our own different quirks and different <laughs> ways we do things. So, um, it, it it's kind of funny and we, you know, when things transpire, I, I know, you know, a couple of days after they do, we always look back and kind of laugh on things or, um, you know, just, just smile at certain things that transpire, you know, over the past three years that, because again, we, we, Todd's old school, old school ways kind of got that, um, always wants to kind of, um, I don't know how to put it, put that theory onto it. Um, Kenny's just intense, you know, sometimes flies off the wall at, at certain times and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just the young guy that, um, for one is still trying to take things in, but for two that kind of laughs and maybe stirs the pot a little bit more than I should, because, um, that's, that's just the type of guy I am. I, I like to keep things light and, um, um, you know, so it, it's, I think most importantly, Mick, what we've and take the hockey side out of it, us, us three guys have, have become really good friends. And I think that, uh, that's, that's gone a long way with me personally. Um, you know, I know I can call those guys for anything. Um, and they're just both tremendous guys off the ice. Um, they're, they, you know, they just guys that I learn things from, um, whether it be life, you know, off the ice or on the ice. And, um, we become really good friends. You know, we, we relate to a lot of the, you know, we, we love to golf and we love to gamble and we love to hang out and, um, you know, we love sports and, um, you know, if you go through our text threads throughout the day, we're constantly texting each other and, you know, it, it may not be about Cherokee hockey. It may just be about life in general. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think any of us knew that that's how it would, it would be. Um, again, you know, leaving that first meeting that I had, I knew what I was going to do and give to the Cherokee. And just because that's what I do kind of in my work, um, you know, business, like I, I, if I do something, it's full go to the T, um, maybe not to the T cause there is some things that I mess up all the time, but it's, it's like, I have to, um, win. Like I, I, I compete at the highest level. Um, I'm always looking for an edge to win. Um, so I knew when, you know, when I was jumping on board that we were going to turn this things around. And I think very quickly that they knew that this was going to turn around. And now if you look at them, they look like they've, and, and it's not because of me. I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn, but you know, when I, when I first went in that meeting, they were tired and didn't know if they were going to do it anymore. And now if you talk to them, they're like, Hey, we'll do this another 10 years. Um, and, and it's not because what I bring, it's more importantly, you know, just the fun that we have together, you know, now, um, you know, because we're such good friends and, um, Oh yeah. 100%, 100%. You know, we, 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 as much as it's grueling and, um, the season's a grind and as much as we argue and, 
you know, me and Kenny butt heads all the time. And Ty just sits back and laughs. And, um, you know, as much as that goes on, um, we all three like to do it together because, you know, we're friends at the end of the day. And I think we've built that over the course of, of three seasons now. And um, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's definitely been a lot of fun. So the moral to your question is, Kind of the corks, yeah. Every, every, all three of us have got our own ways, and I know Kenny always says he just Nick beats at his own drum, and um, you know Kenny does things to a T. He's very organized and wants to make sure everything's you know set a day before, and um, you know worries a little bit more than you know maybe me or Todd does. And I'm just a young guy that likes to keep things light, and you know um, life of the party, if if you could say so. Yeah. But uh, now the thing is, is that I remember is, you know, of course, I was there during the, the tough times at the end there. Um, and it's, you know, that was through, I think, 2016, 2017 was my last season. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I remember how tough it was. But yet, you know, I think I think what it is, is that, again, it most of the time not always but most of the time there were always three coaches there was always three three uh minds there to bounce ideas off of there's three you know and then for a while there it was just kenny and omi you know and i think too there's something that is i don't think people you know can appreciate as much as yeah they seem tired but you're not going to toot your own horn but i'll toot it a little bit I think part of what makes it work too is the fact that you're younger. You've got the energy to do some of the grunt work, some of all the recruiting, all that stuff takes a lot of energy. And especially if, you know, again, you've got a, you've got your oldest boys, 12, your oldest kids, 12, and you know, they've got adult children now. And uh, it's, you know, it's just the idea that they've been there, done that, been through the grind. You know, and sometimes it's like, okay, now it's someone else's turn, you know? Um, and I think, and I right. think that's part of yeah. it. I mean, it isn't like the focal part of it, but I think it's kind of, it's kind of like I tell some people sometimes, you know, when it comes to players, you, it's like a, it's like a pot of stew. You need different ingredients to make that thing work, be good. And to make that, sometimes it, it just takes that, that little flavor there of, um, of uh, a youth, and energy and uh, the, 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 the stuff that comes behind that comes with it to be able to reinvigorate some of what gold guard does because they bring the experience the I know what to expect been there done that bought the t-shirt okay you bring the you bring that youth dynamic and that energy dynamic that that helps and, and between the three of you it fires up that it fires up that pot of stew and it makes it work you know, and, and I, I think that really oh, yeah. does benefit not only them, but I think they're, and they're, uh, what they do and have done benefits you because you're going to, you, you'll, you, you'll understand it now and you'll appreciate it now, but you'll really grasp it when you get older. Then, then you're going to, then you're going to go, oh, oh yeah. okay. You know, and I think that's something that everybody can, you know, we all can do that. We can all appreciate that. Oh yeah. I don't know how many times Todd tells me, um, 
I'm telling you right now, I've seen it before. I mean, that, that seems to be his one of his favorite lines. You know, I, I've seen it before. I've seen this before. Um, and ninety-nine percent of the time he's end up right because of just the experience that he has and um, you know, he's he's you know, seen it before. So um yeah, my I, line I, with I, him has always been uh, he would always yell for a player when he was uh, coaching back in the day. He'd say, So and so, come see me. He'd say that he'd yell that out loud and uh, on the bus. He would be yelling that loud, you know, Hey you come see me, you know, and stuff. And uh, he always had that little, you know, he'd be, he'd start talking to you about something and you'd think he was dead serious. And, and then all of a sudden you see this little, little smirk on his face. Right. Like, gotcha. You know, it's like, Oh, he drove me nuts when he would do that. Is he still doing right. that? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, 100%. Todd's got a little, uh, little life of the party in him as well. So <laughs> he, uh, he fools some yep, people. I agree. Yeah. I, I can sometimes that. he can be a, he can be a little smart. I like when he wants to be, but, uh, so let me ask you, Nick, you're, um, now, oh, yeah. do you see yourself, uh, wanting to, uh, have a program of your own, uh, someday or, uh, maybe coach at a higher level or older guys? Yeah, so I'm. I'm. It's funny you say that because that's been for maybe the past six months. Is um, I've kind of been at a crossroads with it. You know, what 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 do I want to do next? Um, You know, is this something that I want to make a a real legitimate run at, or um, do I want to? You know, because I I actually have two boys that are are playing youth hockey right now. Um, You know, do I want to? just be, you know, help out as much as I can and, and be a full-time hockey dad. Um, do I want to coach them? Um, I actually had, you know, I, I had some offers this off season of kind of helping out other organizations or other programs. And, um, you know, I, I've had some conversations with, with Kenny and Todd of, you know, what's next. And I've tried to over the past six months, um, just piece everything together and, and try to come up with an answer. And to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, you know, there's days where, and I know me and Kenny have talked about it, um, where he, you know, he's, he can't do this forever. Um, so there may be a time where there may be an opening with the Cherokee. Um, you know, when he, he's, he always says it's his last year, but you know, me and you both know it, it'd be very, very hard to, um, have him not behind the bench or um, at least in any role with, with the charity. So, so I don't know the answer to that, uh, Mick. I wish I did. It's, it's a very, very hard decision. Let me put it to um, this way, Nick. Because I, I, I'm, I said that it was my last season after year five. And I, and it didn't happen for 15 years. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so what it, I believe it. I believe it. So I, I, yeah, so I, I just, I don't know. Um, I think ultimately I'd love to take over the charity. Um, I'm a Toledo guy. It's, you know, it's, it's not like I can uproot my family and and move away from home. Uh, I, I, again, I have two boys that are in the organization, so I'm not really looking to, um, be with, you know, an organ, another organization or, something where I have to travel a lot because I, I do ultimately want to see them grow up and play. 
Um, but I think I do a, a, a very good job. And um, I know as we even continue to go on, um, there's going to be more and more opportunities that arise. And, um, you know, there's going to be some decisions that need to be made. So um, I don't have that answer for, for you or, or anybody as we speak. Um, hopefully one day I'll, I'll have that answer. But I just I, I love being with, you know, Todd and Kenny and the Cherokee, most importantly, you know, the Manders family. And um, I love helping them out. And we got a really good thing going on right now. And um, I want to see where this goes. So I can, I can understand that. I mean, especially your most recent season, you guys uh, made it to nationals uh, for the first time in a bit. And it felt so good to see that. And it felt so good to see. I mean, how rewarding was that? Tell me, not only uh, from two standpoints, one, as a coach, personally, as a coach, what did it feel like to make it back to nationals again? And two, what it was like to see the joy and the passion and the excitement on the faces of all those players. It was, it was fantastic. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, it, I set some goals for myself personally when I, when I took this job and, um, some of them might've said they were unrealistic, but, um, you know, I said year one, we were going to completely change the program. Um, year two, we were going to go to nationals and year three, we, we were gonna, um, you know, um, win it. So, um, here we are year three and I'm not trying to jinx ourselves, but, um, you know, year two was, was a awesome i mean it was such a difficult year with everything that went on you know with all the covid stuff and not knowing if we were going to play and um you, you know not knowing if players were even going to come to play in toledo um not knowing if the state of ohio was going to shut down um you know it was just a crazy crazy year and um you, you know it started it starts right after the season ended um, the year before, and it was just so many question marks um, throughout the year. And then finally we get the year started, and then, you know, teams are shutting down. Or teams have to shut down for a few weeks, and um, it was just a weird, weird season. So we just fought through it. Um, we had a really good group last year. Um, we were fortunate enough to get uh, a few kids that I think we probably weren't going to get um, if COVID didn't exist. Um, you know, we had a really good goaltender last year that we added in October. Um, we had two or three players that we added in October that we probably wouldn't have got if COVID didn't exist. Um, that helped us out and it got us over the hump of, of making it to nationals. So, um, we knew we had something special that first night that we played Metro and we ended up beating Metro and I'll never forget it. It was, uh, um, midway through the second period and um their goalies on our end obviously with the bench switch so um their goalies down at our end and there was a scrum in front of the net so as one of the one or two of the metro guys was skating down to the far end to their bench bench after the whistle um i had looked over to kenny and kenny was just laughing and i he just had this big smile on his face and i said <laughs> i said what what what's going on he said we haven't punched these guys in the mouth like this in a long, long time. 
And he said, this is just awesome to see. He said, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're here, we're here boys. So, um, you know, we knew we had something special early October when we first played Metro. And that's true. And I can tell you why, because Mm -hmm. as someone who was there for 20 seasons, beating Metro was a routine thing for us. The only years that they weren't were the John Cooper year of 20 of 2002. And, uh, and they were always our bitterest rival. I mean, we'd get into all kinds of nasty fights with them and stuff. I mean, you and even not just over one era. I mean, I've asked alumni over the course of many different years. And I would say, who is the most bitter rival? The one that you team you hated. And I mean, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the choice was always Metro. So the fact that, that, I mean, we would go back and forth and, and it would get really nasty, but there was an, a long time there that we, uh, we had, uh, you know, great success against them. And then it, the, the tide tr- changed about 2000, I want to say 2013, maybe 2000. Yeah. About 2013, 2014, right in there. Uh, it changed and they got really good. And they started playing a lot stronger, and because for a long time they had a, there were a lot of uh, kids from the East Waterford area that should have played for Metro but didn't want to. They didn't want to be part of that team, so they went and played elsewhere, whether it was in state or out of state. They would play at the at that level, but just on another team. Well, they started to keep right. their kids, and when they right. started keeping their kids. Then all of a sudden, boom, it just, they just started playing lights out and they were, then they were a tough out and then they just started, they took over and now it's just, it's getting to where it's going to be, it's going to be a battle again between those two, between their team and ours. And it's, to me, it's good for the, it's good for the league. It's good for the conference and everything to see more than one dominant team, to see uh, two teams that are going to go at each other like that. And like I said, the rivalry is, 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 is bitter and better than it's ever been. So I'm looking forward to this year's edition too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody knew in our league when we played, it, it was must see, must see hockey. I mean, it was every time we played them last year was one goal games, except the time that um, we beat, we actually, we beat them up pretty good for most part of the game. We ended up, um, winning four to three or five to three, I'm sorry. Um, but they ended up, we were up four to one, um, till about four minutes to go in the game. We, we, we honestly, you know, I thought for 90% of the game, we completely dominated them, but every game was must see TV. It was high, high level hockey. Um, it was, it was fun to see. It really was. Well, Nick, I tell you what, it has been an absolute, uh, treat getting to reconnect with you again and talk to you. And I'm sure that uh, during the season, I, I'll promise you, we'll get you on the radio and uh, do the radio show again because uh, you've always been done the bang-up job. That and the fact that Kenny likes to sleep in on Sundays, so he won't do it for me anyway. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, one question that I always ask of, or two questions I always ask of every podcast, uh, every person. And I'll ask you, um, first off, what what is the Nick signs of today? What what advice would you give 
to that young kid that was playing at Northview. Uh, what advice would you give to the younger version of you? Just don't take things for granted. I mean, uh, you know, it, it goes by quick. Um, you know, it's, it's a blink of an eye. Um, you know, cherish every day. Um, you know, and, and just do what makes you happy. Um, whether it be on the ice, off the ice. Um, so if you're fully focused on, you know, being a great student and or being a great hockey player, do those things to the fullest every day um, because it goes by quick. And and one day you're, you know, it's it's 10 years later and you're kind of looking at what if. And you definitely don't want to do that. So if I had to give back to um, – you know, the younger generation or a kid that is in high school right now, it would just be cherish every day and um, don't, don't take anything for granted. So, okay. And then the last thing, what would you like to say to Cherokee nation, uh, whether it be alumni, the fans, the, uh, the staff, the players, the floor is yours. Just continue the support. I mean, we have tremendous support, whether it be um, the alumni, um, our youth organization that supports us. Um, you know, we, we, we hear it all the time that Toledo is the toughest place to play in our division. Um, and the only reason why it may not be the toughest place to play in the league is because we don't play some of those out-of-division teams. So um, it's, it's a tremendous place to play. Um, and that's based on, you know, just everybody as a hockey family. Um, you, you know, we all come together and, and, and do our parts, you know, from from Mick yourself with this podcast and everything you've done with the Cherokee all the way up to, you know, Donnie owning the team and, and running the organization um, and everybody in between. I mean, we, we all do our part and, and make it great. And, um, you know, it, it's it's on the rise. Um, well, I shouldn't even say that it's back 100%. Um, you know, we're, we're ready to go and, um, you know, next year is going to be another tremendous year, um, with the junior team. Um, you know, we have for the most part, all of our guys back from last season and, um, we're going to have an older team next year and, um, we're looking to, um, you know, um, complete that goal that I said we were going to complete in year three. So, um, you know, we're going to make a serious run at it. And, um, we're all just, just continue the support, that's please. All we can ask. I tell you what, well, as long as we got guys like you there, that's what's going to make it successful. So Nick, I appreciate it, buddy. And uh, all the best to you. Thanks again for doing this. It really, it really is appreciated and uh, good luck going into the season. Keep continuing what you're doing. Hopefully health is good. Um, you're in my prayers every so often, sir. Um, I hope you're continuing able to do this for a long, long time. Both, and I appreciate it. You and me both. All right. Well, that's Nick <laughs> Signs uh, with the Toledo Cherokee. I am Mick, and you've been listening to episode 94 of Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, you can subscribe to whatever platform you uh, digest your your uh, podcast from and just put in Cherokee Rewind and it will uh, you can subscribe to it. And every time a new episode drops, it will let you know. So for Nick, I am Mick and we'll say so long for now. We'll catch you next time on the Cherokee Rewind.